Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Mission with Zena Del Lowe, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Last week, we talked about one of the most fundamental aspects of storytelling, namely that if you want to write a truly great character, they must be paradoxical. And what I mean by that is that they must have seemingly contrary characteristics that conceal the truth about who they really are. One of the keys to becoming a master storyteller is to learn how to reveal the true heart of your character throughout the story. You have to learn how to show us their hidden depths, that they are not at heart what they seem to be at face. Today, I want to expand on this principle by exploring yet another fundamental rule, and that is that the finest storytelling not only reveals true character, but arcs or changes that character for better or for worse over the course of the telling. So first, let's explore why this must be the case. Why is it essential that your main character changes over the course of the telling? Number one. Because the heart of every story is a personal paradox. Every story at its core is ultimately about your character's personal inward journey. We forget this sometimes because we get wrapped up in the plot. Now the plot is what unfolds as a result of the choices that your character makes to pursue his or her main objective. So if your character needs to capture the plutonium and stop the bad guys from blowing up the city of New York, well, the plot is going to be the various action steps that your character takes in order to accomplish that goal. But ironically, that is not what the story is really about. Rather, it's about the character's emotional needs, whatever unresolved issue primarily plagues his or her heart. For example, what if the main character in this story has suffered a terrible trauma of some kind in the past? Maybe he's a former soldier and he was in charge of his unit, and on one particular mission, everything went wrong and his entire team was killed. He's the only survivor, and even though it wasn't his fault, he now suffers terrible guilt and shame, not to mention horrible episodes of PTSD that literally leave him debilitated and paralyzed. So this story, though it may be an action-adventure, is really about a character who's lost confidence in himself, who's afraid to make hard choices for fear of losing more of his men, who's debilitated by PTSD and has to overcome that. And here he is, faced with another impossible mission, the lives of his men depending on his ability to make the right choices and do the right thing, and not just his men, but the entire city of New York. So since the stakes are high enough, the character has no choice but to face his inner personal demons. And that is why it's a personal paradox. At the end of the day, plot is simply a device that allows the character to work through their primary emotional issue. Story is about characters having to face their greatest fears. What does your character need to work through in order to step into the person they were always meant to be? The heart of every story is a personal paradox. And we understand this on an intuitive level because this is actually what our story is about as well. As we live out our lives, we're basically trying to become the person that we were always meant to be, even if it's on some subconscious level. Which means that we're coming to terms with our hurts, our rejections, our defects of character, our sufferings. Which leads us to the second reason why it's essential for your character to grow and change over the course of the telling. Because that mirrors the human experience and therefore it draws the audience into their struggle. All human beings are driven by the same primal needs, though not all of us are aware of it. 
Many of us only pursue our most essential desires on a subconscious level. Now, what we know from science is that our core need is to survive. But what we know from psychology is that our core need is to connect, to be known, to be loved, and to be enjoyed. Some people think that we desire these higher things because in getting them, we're more apt to ensure our survival. I happen to think that we desire these things because God put them on our heart to desire. But however you look at it, the outcome is the same. To be human is to constantly long for deep, intimate, emotional connection with other human beings. We also, at the same time, suffer a deep fear that we are not enough. We won't measure up. The others will see that we are actually lacking. In fact, if anyone saw us for who we really are, they would most certainly reject us because deep down, we fear that we are fundamentally unlovable. And herein lies the constant struggle of the human condition. We long to be known and we're terrified to be known at one and the same time. And every single one of our stories can be traced back to this internal conflict within ourselves. When we pursue things like money, power, sex, relationships, success, all of these things are just our way of trying to attain the original need and desire. Because we come to believe that if we have these things, we will be more desirable, more acceptable, more worthy of other people's love. In fact, one of the hardest things to overcome as a human being is our persistent belief that love must be earned. That if we were only smart enough or rich enough or good enough or pretty enough or skinny enough or clever enough or whatever other quality that we've identified as being important that we see ourselves as lacking, then we will finally be able to receive the love and acceptance that we really, really want because we will finally be enough. But what does this all have to do with our main character? Well, everything, really. Because the reason we connect with characters emotionally is because on some level we know that they are doing what we need to do or what we want to do, but are too afraid to do lest we fail and find ourselves rejected. To try and fail seems eminently more bearable than to never try at all. At least if we never try, we can blame ourselves and we don't have to face the shame of making ourselves truly vulnerable and naked only to have others reject us. That's just a pain too great to bear for many of us which I believe is one of the reasons why we connect to characters. They are doing what we are afraid to do. And on a subconscious level, we're watching them. We're seeing if it works. We're trying to ascertain why it works or why it doesn't. We are living through them vicariously. We're learning what methods we may need to adopt in order to try to implement such frightening techniques in our own lives at some point in the future. And their example comforts us because it tells us we're not alone. It also inspires us and gives us the courage to try to take action in our own lives. Their example gives us hope that true connection and intimacy is possible, which makes us want that all the more. So we're connecting to the personal paradox of a character because we know we need the same courage to face whatever it is that's holding us back in our lives and keeping us from attaining or becoming the person that we were meant to be. Number three, as in real life, we expect people to be transformed by hardship. 
Another reason why our characters must grow and change in the face of hardship is because it mirrors what we know to be true about suffering in real life. Suffering changes people. Hardship transforms us, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. To live is to suffer. Suffering is the great equalizer. Everyone suffers. Suffering is defined as an anguishing experience which severely affects a person at a psychophysical and existential level. To be affected by it means that we cannot help but to be changed by it in some way. Our suffering shows up in our lives. It manifests itself in the quality of our relationships to God, to others, and to ourselves. Now, we often think of suffering as physical, but even if suffering does not originate from illness or pain, it can make us feel sick, and it can even cause us to develop various ailments. Suffering impacts our bodies as well as our souls. There's this wonderful book called The Body Keeps the Score by a guy named Bessel van der Kolk. He is the foremost expert on PTSD and trauma in the world. The whole book talks about how when you've experienced trauma, it impacts the body on a physiological level. It impacts the brain chemistry. It forms patterns in our very brain that we cannot escape from. You cannot go through some kind of crucible of suffering and expect to come out unscathed. Pain changes a person sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. Now, it's interesting because in America, and probably the most of the West, we've adopted this belief that suffering should be avoided at all costs. Now, we might not say this, we might not even know that we believe this, but we always act in accordance with what we really truly believe. And in this case, even if we cerebrally know that it isn't possible to avoid suffering or that maybe it isn't even the best practice, the truth is this is how most of us are living out our lives, by trying to avoid anything that might cause us pain. A lot of dysfunctional and unhealthy behaviors have emerged from this practice. For example, if it makes us feel uncomfortable to tell the truth, we lie. If it feels unpleasant to address someone else's behavior, we avoid. If it's too scary to share how we really feel, we withdraw whatever it takes to avoid the possibility of experiencing pain. And by the way, people who are conflict avoiders aren't actually afraid of conflict. They're afraid to experience the uncomfortable feelings they're going to experience if they engage in confrontation. Why put yourself out there or make yourself vulnerable if you're only going to get hurt in the end? We want to be happy, right? We want to be safe. We want to feel good. So if we see something coming our way that could possibly bring us pain, we generally do everything in our power to either avoid it or mitigate it. But what if suffering wasn't meant to be avoided? What if suffering was, as Mother Teresa claimed, a true gift from God? How would that impact or change our response to suffering? Let's say I break my ankle. Guess what? I have physical pain. And that physical pain alerts me to the fact that something is wrong with my body. And so I go to the doctor and I do what I need to do to make my ankle heal. Even if that means being on crutches for a certain amount of time, I will do whatever I have to do to heal my ankle so my ankle works correctly and I am restored to the best possible physical condition that I can be in. Well, what if... 
emotional pain worked the same way. What if that was God's gift to us? Just like he gave us pain sensors to be able to tell if we needed to fix our ankle, he gives us emotional sensors to tell us if we need to fix something in our heart or in our soul or in our spirit. But then that begs the question, what does all of this discussion of suffering have to do with our characters? Well, I'll tell you. The heart of every story is a personal paradox. That means that at the end of the day, every single story we tell is a story about suffering. That is what you're putting out there in the world. Even if it's a romantic comedy, it's about the main character suffering because they are not with the one that their soul loves. They're not with their soulmate. So it doesn't matter what genre it is. Every story is dealing with this theme of suffering. So as storytellers, you are on the front line of the battle for the hearts and minds of the people because you're dealing with one of the primary issues that has ever plagued mankind, the problem of suffering. Which leads me to the very final point that I want to make today. Number four, if you're a storyteller, Your work is important. So stop questioning that. Stop feeling guilty about practicing your craft. Story is what helps us make sense of our suffering. German philosopher Josef Piper argued that leisure is the basis for culture. He points out that religion can only be born in leisure because leisure is what allows us time for contemplation. So entertainment time is not throwaway time. Leisure time is the basis of culture because in it, we find meaning that then animates the rest of our mostly mundane lives. If we didn't have our escape to entertainment, we would see fewer acts of heroism, courage, goodness in the real world. Haven't we all been inspired by a book or a movie or a piece of art or music? Stories inspire us to greatness. They challenge us to be better than we are. So we need to change our minds about the importance of our work. Entertainment time is not throwaway time. It is the work between the work that allows us to search our hearts and find truth. To recap then, The finest storytelling not only reveals true character, but arcs or changes that character's inner nature, for better or for worse, over the course of the telling. Because the heart of every story is a personal paradox. Every single story you tell is a story about suffering. 2. Internal transformation mirrors the human experience and therefore draws the audience into the character's struggle. 3. We expect story to mirror reality. We know that suffering and hardship changes people. And number four, the work of the storyteller is important. We are on the front lines of the battle over the hearts and minds of the people. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would ask you to please subscribe to the program on your podcast app of choice and consider telling a friend. We would love to be found by any storytellers that you think might be encouraged or helped by this program. You have been listening to The Mission with Zena Del Love. May you go forth inspired to change the world for the better through story.